Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. My name is Anthony White. I'm the Director of Partner Relations in the United States of America. So simply put, that means I get to travel around and meet with pastors and leaders, individuals, some who've heard of Watoto, some that know but Toto only through the choir and have no idea the vastness of what's going on and what God is doing in this land and in South Sudan and all over the world in the name of Watoto. So thank you for receiving me. I appreciate being here. I'm honored to be here. I want to honor Pastor Julius and Pastor Venita as well. Never go into someone's house and not honor them. And so I just love you so much. Um, God gave me an assignment four, four years ago in a little coffee house. And from there, we've been the closest of friends. And Miss Sister Vanita challenges me every time she sees me. She says, don't you ever come back to Watoto without your wife. So next time I come, my wife will be with me. My wife was here actually in June. And she came back and she was so blown away. She said the hospitality was wonderful. She actually watches church, Watoto Church, from Fort Worth, Texas, every Sunday morning. She's a part of the family, yes. <laughs> so is everybody doing okay? All right, you ready? Before we do something, I want, to, uh, I want you to hear something because there's no sound under all of heaven like God's people worshiping him. There's no sound under all of heaven like God's people worshiping him. And I want you to hear something. I just want you to hear a sound that the enemy is afraid of. And it's a unified sound. It's a strong sound. It's the body of Christ with one voice. That's what the enemy's trying to disrupt on the earth. You ha- you're a steward of making sure that that does not happen. But I want you to hear something. If every person participates... In this next little exercise I'm going to have you do, it's going to rock your world. It's going to shake the foundation of this church. People will be able to hear you out in the streets for probably up to half a kilometer. And they'll go, what is going on at Watoto? Will you do something with me? All you have to do on three is from from the deepest part of your manhood or womanhood. I want you to just with everything you have, just say the word yes. All right. Hold up. Brother's excited up there. He's ready to go. All I'm going to do is say one, two, three, and then you say yes as, as, as loud as you can. I want everybody to participate. One, two, three. Yes! I just wanted you to hold it for about half a second. I need you guys up top to participate this time, okay? On three. One, two, three. You tell me demons don't tremble when they hear that sound. It's something about the body of Christ being unified. As we go through this series, in this series, God is able, and we're talking about, I'm going to minister to you this morning about stewardship. Now, Pastor Julius didn't call me a month ago and say, hey, we're going through a, a, a campaign where we're going to do a, a miracle mission, off, a My Miracle Missions offering, and I want you to come and I want you to communicate to the congregation the importance of sowing. He did not do that at all. God set this thing in motion. And when I called him about two weeks ago and I said, hey, 
I'm coming over and I really feel that the, that the Lord is wanting me to share it with Toto. I've been a part of your family for four years. I've been a pastor for 20 years prior to becoming a part of the family. I've preached on many occasions. I don't offer myself out to preach. But when God stirs in my heart and he gives me something to communicate, something to deliver, then I'll step up and I have the boldness and courage to say, Pastor Julius, I feel like the Lord has given me something. And, and with, with gentleness and with strength, he, he, he says, brother, come on. And so I, I preached at Nintendo last night, and I'm here with you this morning. And we're going to talk about God is able. Everybody said, God is able. About, about 20% of you believe that. You got to say it like you mean it. Is it, my, is it my Texas accent that's throwing you off? You got me? You can understand. I'm, a, I'm just a tall brother from another mother from Texas. Just want to make sure. So we're talking about the series, God is Able. We're going to talk about stewardship. Our theme verse, our theme scripture is, it comes out of 2 Corinthians 9, 18. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you would abound in every good work. And that's personal for you. And if you let that sink into your spirit, you understand that God is able to do some mighty things. In the series also, God's, this is talking about God's financial plan for your life. Now, when we talk about stewardship, it's not all just about finances, even though that's an important part of it. Stewardship is multifaceted. It can be from gifts and talents to relationships. God wants to trust you with wealth. And wealth can come in the form of a person that needs to be developed. Wealth can come in the form of a child that needs to be reared up for 20 years. Wealth can come in the form of a relationship. Wealth can come in the form of bonuses and raises and benefits and inheritance lands. Wealth can come in your health and you doing everything that you can to stay healthy for the longevity. Stewardship comes in many forms and many facets. Now, I would never stand up here in front of you and talk to you about God without first going to God to talk to him to find out what he wants for you. That's my priestly function as a leader. I have to get in the intercede in God's presence. I've been up since 2 o'clock this morning just having a fun time with God. And he's just been sharing with me things that he wants to download into the congregation. So I want your hearts to be open to receive. So, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word, to share your truth, to minister in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice today would receive fruit, would eat and partake of your word. God, I thank you that you have a plan for their life. I thank you that you care for them. I thank you that you perfect everything concerning their life. I thank you that you're the God of, that is able. I thank you that you're the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I thank you that you're the God, you're the God that forgives us of mistakes yesterday and that you walk with us today and that you give us vision for our lives tomorrow. Father, we just thank you for all of these things. And Father, we commit this service to you and this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as stewards, we need to recognize and depend on God as our source. God is our source as stewards. That's who he is. He's always been my source. From the time I was in, I played professional basketball in Switzerland over in the European League. And um, I was attending a church. And God sent a man in there who had a prophetic gift. And the gentleman 
during his, his message, uh, he said, come back tonight because I want to minister to you, to, to the whole congregation. So he invited everybody to come back, but only a few came back. And so he started flowing and he started ministering prophetically. Now, I'll have to tell you that I was new in Christ. I didn't have a lot of experience. I read the Bible, I prayed, and I tried to be good. Like most people, we read our Bibles, we pray, and we try to be good. But when God has a specific message or a specific assignment or a specific calling on you, he'll send someone to get in your face and point your finger six inches from your nose and, and give you a message. And that's what happened to me that night. God sent a man... And he was an Indian man with an Indian dialect. And he got in my face and he said, God has chosen you to minister to his people. And I'm looking at this guy. I'm on my, on my knees and we're about the same height. And so he's looking at me saying, God has chosen you to minister to his people. You break down that word minister and it just means to serve. It means to serve. So from that moment forth, I began to serve the body of Christ in different facets. That's kind of how stewardship is. You begin to serve in different facets because you're only qualified to lead if you're willing to serve. You're only qualified to lead to the degree that you're willing to serve. Everyone say stewardship. So today I want to minister to you on stewardship. It's very important. Second Corinthians or First Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required that a steward be found faithful. Faithful. God commits to faithful. In 2 Timothy 2, chapter 2, one of my favorite verses. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Paul is writing to his, his spiritual son, Timothy, and he says to his spiritual son, commit these truths. Timothy had been tasked with the gospel, and he had been tasked with presenting the gospel to the world. And so God was, because you can't live forever, so you have to raise up other leaders in other generations. That's what I love about what Toto, we're raising up world changers. And so Paul was telling Timothy, son in the ministry, commit these truths to faithful men. Faithful and whoever to teach others also. So a steward, it's very important that a steward is faithful. So let's go to where Jesus teaches on stewardship, and he, he, this is found in Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14. Jesus is our perfect example. Now, I, I have to tell you before I read this, Jesus, Jesus knows how to communicate. And so he communicates in parables, which is just stories that breaks forth principles that are in the Word of God. So he's wanting to bring forth these life-giving principles but he also understands the mind. Jesus understands that one of the easiest things to do is an erect an image in somebody's mind, to erect an image in somebody's mind. That's why, that's why commercials and, and, and advertising companies will spend billions of dollars annually to just put an image in front of you. Whether it's an image of clothing, whether it's an image of, of cars, whether it's an image of houses, lands, they always try to put these images in front of you because they understand the principle of, of erecting an image that is hard to tear down. Once your brain fixates on an image, it's hard to forget it. How many of you can relate to what I'm saying? You get an image in your head, it's hard to get it out. That's why I don't watch certain movies. Because with the gifting that the Lord has given me, I have to steward it. I have to protect it so I don't watch certain things 
I don't let, allow certain images in my head because I want God to be able to speak clearly. So Jesus is erecting this image with his disciples and he's putting it in their head because he knows once it's established, it's very hard to tear down. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen from the sisters? So let's read Matthew 25 verse 14. So Jesus here is talking in the parable. For it will be like a man going on a journey who calls his servants and entrusts them with his property. To one he'll give five, to an, five talents, to another he'll give two talents, to each according to his ability. To another he'll give one talent. Then the man went away. The master went away. And, he, and, and the one who had received went at once. Everybody said at once. The one who had received five talents went at once and traded them. I think he was very excited about the fact that somebody helped him get a breakthrough and, and have some money. So he already had a plan. So he just, he just went at once and began to trade them. And then he made five more talents. Also, he who had two talents made two more talents. But he who had received the one talent went and dug a hole and hid his master's money. Now, let me stop right here. I think that the two, the one that had the five talents and had the two talents, they were excited. These were people who had visions. These were individuals who were just waiting for somebody to entrust them. The Bible does not tell them, tell us who these individuals were. were. It's irrelevant. The Bible doesn't give us their name, their family lineage. It doesn't tell us if they were, if they were rich or poor. It doesn't tell us who they were. But obviously, the master had been watching them because he gave them money. You don't entrust great wealth to someone if you haven't been watching them and they haven't found, they haven't presented themselves to you as faithful. But then he probably, with the one individual, he probably said, I'm just going to give him a shot. I'm going to give him an opportunity. He's kind of been teetering back and forth. This is going to be his opportunity to step out in some boldness. Now, let me break this down for you. Anything God gives to you, whatever gift or talent that you have, if God add his supernatural power, he's trying to add his super to your natural. And so the one that had five talents and the one that had two talents, they allow God to add the super to their natural and it multiplied. Multiplication is a part of the process of being a good steward. But that brother who only had one talent. Let's keep reading. So pick up in verse, in verse 19. After a long time, the master had come back, uh, come home to settle the accounts. And he who had, who had received five talents, beginning, and he came forth and he said, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here. I have five more talents. He was excited. You ever been around an excited person? Get excited for the kingdom of God. Get excited. God is looking to do some phenomenal things through us. So he's expecting us to be excited. So the guy who, who'd received five talents, the man who'd received five talents, he was excited. Then the one who, who had two talents, excuse me, let me back up. I'm moving too fast. Brother told me last night, you have to slow down. You're talking too fast. So I'm going to slow it down a little bit. <laughs> so his master said to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, so I'll set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And when he had also had the two talents come forward saying, master, you delivered to me talents here, two talents here, 
Here, I have two for you. And the master said to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will make you ruler over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And also, <laughs> the one that, that received the one talent came forward, no doubt fear and trembling. Had already figured... Excuse ready. He'd went and buried the talent. And he said, I knew you were a hard master. See, he put the blame on the master. See, anyone that don't want to take responsibility for the action, they're always blaming someone else. Maturity doesn't, is not guaranteed with age, but it's guaranteed with the acceptance of responsibility. So I'm talking about God wanted this man to be mature. And so Jesus was wanting to, 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 to entrust mature stewards. So we, he uses this example for someone who went and hid. That individual had no idea of the, of the relationship that he had with the master because if he'd understood the relationship that he had with the master, he would have understood that when he goes out and does business, he could have did business in his master's name. And on that alone, if he would have just took it to the bank, he would have gotten interest. But he had a different game plan. He was afraid. Now let me break this down to you with Toto family. Uncle Anthony's got something to say. Faith and fear has the same definition. Faith and fear has the same definition. It was obvious that the, the gentleman with the one talent, he was operating in fear. And the Bible tells us that, the scripture tells us that, I was afraid. Faith and fear has the same definition. It's believing what you cannot see is going to come to pass. The only difference is one is of the kingdom of light and the other is the kingdom of darkness. Faith and fear has the same believing what you cannot see is going to come to so the enemy is always wanting us to walk by fear and God has called us to walk by yes sir let's move on a parable basically is a story that teaches the Bible uh, teaches biblical and spiritual and moral principles like I said it erects an image in your mind once that image has been has been erected it's hard to tear that image down that's why you have to protect what God says about you because words are powerful every relationship everything Every relationship you have is either appreciating or depreciating in value. Every relationship you have is either appreciating or depreciating in value. And it depends on the words that you use. Because life and death is in the power of your... Let me tell you about the talent. You might say, okay, what is the talent? If you've ever done a search on the talent, you know that it was a, um, it was basically gold. And it had to, it, it, it weighed about 32 kilograms. 32 kilograms. So if I gave you one talent, Pastor, 
One talent, 32 kilograms, that's worth one million U.S. dollars currently. One talent. One million U.S. currently. In terms of shillings, because we're in Uganda, let's talk the language. Seven billion. One talent, seven billion. Two talents, four million U.S. dollars. Let me back up. One talent is two million U.S. Can you say four million with two talents? 14 billion shillings. Look at you. I see some of you thinking now. Come see Pastor Julius and see if he'll give it to you. <laughs> five, five talents equal 10 million U.S., 37 billion shillings. To be given such wealth is a demonstration of high trust. So let's get into the message. So a good steward does four things well. A good steward does four things well. A good steward protects. Each servant made sure they didn't, that they didn't squander it, but they, they protected it. Let's talk about this corporately. As a church, you protect the image that God has given this house. You protect the vision on this house. You protect the children of this house. You protect the relationships in this house. You speak well of the staff that's in this house. You protect. But even beyond that, God has promised to protect you. A hedge of protection around with Toto's reputation. A hedge of protection around the individuals here. God is in the business of taking care of you as you take care of his vision. Hmm. I ain't getting too many amens, but that's okay. This is good preaching. <laughs> a faithful steward is mature and doesn't waste. You don't waste personal resources. You don't waste family resources. You don't waste organizational resources. And you don't waste national resources. Jesus told the, the disciples after he fed the 5,000 and they, everyone had eaten, they didn't waste anything. He says, he told his disciples, now go pick up the leftovers. That's a principle in the kingdom that we shall not squander, we shall not waste. Secondly, secondly, we learned that the parable of the talents of the steward is always accountable. The steward is always, everybody say, accountable. I know in your flesh, you didn't even want to say that. In your flesh, it's hard. Most people don't want to be held accountable. But I tell you something, your leadership models that here at Watoto, just like those, the, the stewards were accountable to the master when he returned, both of the, both the, the five and the two and the one, they were all accountable. They had to face him just like we're going to have to stand before Christ when he returns as our master and give an account for our lives. So I just want you to know that your leadership models accountability. They model accountability with their finances, even to the degree that the president, even on the level of the president of Uganda, they understand the good reputation that Watoto has. Be accountable. Be accountable. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. <laughs> Be accountable. 
I want to tell you to be aware of something in, in accountability. It's called the spirit of sedition. As you're accountable to your leaders, Pastor Julius, Pastor Vanita, Pastor Brian, campus pastors here and all the campuses and all the campus pastors and the elders and the, and the, and the core leadership team, there's an accountability factor, but there's always an underlying spirit that's trying to creep in to a toto and prevent and, and wreak havoc and cause confusion and, and disruption and, 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 and get in the middle of and, and cause divisions. And that spirit is called sedition. The spirit of sedition is the, under, the, 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 un, the undermining of God's constituted authority. This spirit comes in many different forms. Now, let me just give you a, a quick example. You've got a kid, husband and wife's at home. And the husband is, is sitting on the couch. Mom's in the kitchen cooking. The baby goes to the mom and says, hey, can I have a cookie before dinner? She says, absolutely not. It's going to ruin your dinner. She goes back to daddy. She sees daddy watching TV or doing whatever he's doing. She sits in his lap, gives him a kiss on the cheek. Daddy, can I have a cookie? Sure, baby, you can have a cookie. This this young four-year-old child understands sedition. She runs back in the kitchen, looks at her mother, gets a cookie, bites it in front of her mother. Mother goes off. She says to the child, I told you. She said, but dad said I could have a cookie, undermining God's constituted authority. People backbiting and talking and saying negative things about leadership, sedition. The undermining of God's constituted. Okay. So you talk about authority, then we're going to move on. Also, I just want to say something to you real quickly as someone who, who goes around the country and and get a chance to connect with pastors and leaders. Folks from our, in the United States are in awe of what God is doing here. So in terms of stewardship, the next one is about multiplication. A good steward always multiplies what God puts in their hand. But Toto has done a wonderful job of multiplying 16 campuses. This is God's favor and multiplication on display. Anything you put into God's hand, according to biblical principle, he multiplies. That's who he is. He can't help it. He multiplies. Healthy things grow. This church is not perfect. You're not perfect. But don't you for one second think that God cannot use you. I'm a living example. I came from a family. I did not know my father until I was 38 years old. He walked away from my mother. As a matter of fact, he was in a relationship outside of his marriage. And he had two women on the side, and he was married to the same woman, lived in the same house. So my mother, when she found out he was married, she jetted. She went back to Texas. Huh? I grew up as a young man, didn't know my father, and I was asking all these questions my mother never would answer. And then I got, when I got to be 38, I said, I got to go. I got to go find him. And when I found him, he asked me a question. What took you so long to find me? Who? What? He said, I've been living in the same house for 40 years. I found out people were lying to me. 
but I had to forgive. So I stand before you as somebody who understands that God can use somebody that the world would pass by. Come on now. That was good preaching. Whatever's put into your hands as a, um, as a steward, we've been called to multiply. Listen, on November the 4th and the 5th, we've got an opportunity as a unit. Remember when we said one, two, three? God wants you to flow the same way on November the 5th. God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you can ask, think, or imagine. Put that image in your head. Put an image in your head of, of us coming up here on November the 4th and 5th and, and Pastor Julius getting up saying, wow, like only he can do. Wow. And finally, stewards, good stewards, receive a reward. Jesus is coming back one day. Just like the master, as the example in the parable, he came back and it was time to settle the account. And he called those forward. There's a day coming where we have to stand before the Almighty and we're going to have to settle the account. And we want to be found as faithful stewards. Was that too heavy for you? Well, look at your neighbor, smile at him and say, he's talking to you. One of the best things we can do in terms of becoming a steward is get to the place in our life where we know we need Christ and surrender our lives to it. My salvation story goes like this. I was a drug addict. <laughs> I know I don't look like it now, but back then, no, you didn't want to see me. And one day, I was all by myself in a secluded place. And I heard this voice whisper, how long are you going to do this? How long are you going to play with God? So I felt my chest getting hard, like the weight of the world was on it. And I actually thought I was going to die that day. In that moment, within, in that instant. So what I did was I was on the college campus and I, I jumped up out of the seat that I was in and I start running to this, to this chapel that's on, that's on campus. I'm just running and running. I'm running by people. And I got long legs. And when I stretch out, I stretch out. So I'm running and people are looking at me like, where is this, where is this guy going? So I get to the chapel and I'm sitting there and I repent. God, forgive me for playing with you. God, forgive me for, for doing things half-hearted. I want to give you 100% of my life. I want you to use me. Again, there were some things in my life that I hadn't received affirmation. I just knew that what I was doing wasn't a full life. So in that moment, I gave my life to the Lord. And I know just like me then, there are some of you here that came into this church prepared to give your life to the Lord, Christ today. 
The Bible tells us real clearly, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is, you shall be. So what I want you to do is just, if that's you, it may just be one person and you're worth slowing the service down. Raise your hand. We want to pray with you. I want to lead you in a prayer. So if that's you, you want to surrender your life to the Christ. Just put your hand up very high, real high. Amen. So let's pray. God, we thank you for this moment. God, we thank you for your love for us. God, we ask you to to seal the words that were spoken, the life that was spoken. Breathe on this message. May it bring forth much fruit. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that those that heard the word today, that it would bear much fruit and that we would be wonderful stewards. Lord God, that we would be stewards who protect what you've given us. We'd be stewards that that would be held accountable. God, we'd be stewards that would multiply and lastly, we'd walk into the heavenly reward that you have for us. God, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for Watoto Church. I bless it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And all the church said, amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, Write to connect at watertochurch.com. Hey, hey,